Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 364 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, RedsMinorLeagues.com, RedLegNation.com. He's taken over the uh, the world of internet Reds writing. It's Doug Gray. How are you, Doug? I'm pretty good, Chad. How you doing? I'm pretty good. You know, I'm in a kind of optimistic mode now. I think just seeing the Reds actually on the field got me back in the in the swing of it a little bit. And I, and I look around the field, and there's a lot of players that I actually like. Um, my my new favorite player, however, is uh, Jonathan India. Can I say that off the top of the? I mean, you can. It's your here? podcast. You can say whatever you want. But you know, you know why he's my new favorite player. Uh, uh, I oh, mean, you you love the flow. Oh my gosh, his hair. Have you seen it? It's glorious. I, I, I have seen it. It's glorious. So and it keeps getting better too. <laughs> it does. It's just amazing. Oh my goodness. So anyway, um, we actually, you know, we've been struggling for a while. You know, most of last season was not even didn't even happen, and then you know, so we, then then we had some baseball, and then the off season was on us very quickly, and we haven't had a lot to talk about because the Reds haven't done much. But now finally. They're playing some games out there in Goodyear, and uh, there's some stuff to talk about. So, you you ready to dive in? I am ready to go, Chad. Let's do it. Shogo Akiyama. You've heard of this guy, right? I have. He plays outfield for the, the Cincinnati Reds. He does, and, you know, I, I, I like this guy. And uh, he was, uh, he left camp, they announced last week, um, left spring training, and they said it was a personal matter, a family health issue. I think was was all they all they said. But uh, non they, they didn't they didn't even say that, didn't they? I thought they said that originally. Maybe not. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, they they just said it was non COVID nineteen related, a personal matter, something like that. So uh, he came, he came back today, and then my goodness, we found out why he was gone. You want you want you for those of you that haven't heard, why don't you go ahead, Doug, and uh, dig into that story. So apparently, last week his wife who is living back in Cincinnati. They, his his family didn't travel with him out to Goodyear. Um, she was just walking in a park uh, in the Cincinnati area, and a tree uprooted itself and fell onto her. Um, it, it caused serious injuries. She had to be helicopter lifted to the hospital where she spent the next couple of days recovering. Uh, fortunately, you know, she is okay, all things considered. She's back home, and, uh, you know, Shogo said today that, you know, she's expected to recover and, and, and she's going to be okay. But my goodness, can you even imagine that, Chad? That's it's scary as can be. I mean, you know, it was a report last week that someone woman had been hurt um, by a tree that fell, which is the most just of all ways. She's going to want to get out of America at this point, probably. <laughs> Let's go back to Japan. But um, of all ways to get hurt, and, and 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 thankfully she's she's doing well. But man, can you imagine you're trying here your first real spring training, you know, and you're trying to really get it ready for the season. And then my goodness, just uh, really scary stuff. So uh, really happy that that she's good and uh, doing well, and really happy that uh, that show goes back because I'm expecting. Uh, well, I don't know what I'm expecting from Shogo this year, but I'm extremely interested to see what we're gonna get. How do you feel about Shogo this year? I mean, I. I liked what I saw the the adjustments that he made last year in the in the I, it's it's still weird saying second half like it was just the second right. month of the season but um, you know I, I think that we all saw a much better Shogo uh, in in September than we saw in August last year uh, hopefully he can carry that forward you know one of the things he said uh, during the off season that he was working on was trying to hit for a little bit more power 
Um, you know, he he's not he's not a, a power hitter, but you know he didn't hit a home run last year either, and he he's definitely got more power than that. He's shown more than that uh, in his career in Japan. Um, so ho- hopefully that's one of the adjustments that he can make this year while also keeping, you know, that, that same approach and high on base percentage that he had in, in September. Yeah. So he, I mean, he missed a week here, but hopefully back in the flow pretty quickly. And, uh, we've got show go back. Let's talk yeah, about David, the other, oh, oh, go ahead. David Bell did mention today that, uh, he expects Shogo to be back in the lineup on, on Sunday. Okay. He just kind of wanted to give him a few days to kind of get back into the thing, you know, see pitching again and all that. So, uh, hope, hopefully Sunday we'll see him out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, he, I can imagine he needed a day or two. Wow. Um, okay. So the other, maybe kind of the biggest news or the most exciting news of the week for certain Reds fans is that, uh, Hunter Green, Hunter Green made a start against the, uh, the Angels this week and, uh, first, uh, first spring training start in a big league game, right? Am I right about that? Yes, that's correct. And, um, and it was televised. It was on MLB Network, and I was excited because we got to see Hunter Green followed by Nick Lodolo, and really, you know, those are the two um, premium prospects on the pitching side for the Reds uh, in the Reds organization. And Hunter Green comes out, and some people were disappointed. Uh, I, I think that's silly, but uh, I was blown away by the fact that his first four pitches, 101 miles an hour, 102 miles an hour. 103 miles an hour and 103 miles an hour. Wow. That's pretty good. It's not bad. And and, and did you see the way I did? I look at this guy, and, and I don't want to compare him to Rollis Chapman because Rollis Chapman ended up not being a starter and they screwed that up. But yeah, we weren't going to rehash that. But just how free and easy he looks when throwing. I mean, it doesn't look like he's you know trying to overpower anybody. And it's got that crazy velocity. I mean, that that was what I, I mean. We'll talk about the results in a moment. But that's what I took away from it. This kid is. I mean, he's got it right. He he does, and you know, like you mentioned, it it doesn't even look like he's trying to throw the ball hard. And then, I mean, you know, the, Tucker Barnhart after the game, they they asked him, you know, were you checking out the scoreboard? And he said, Yeah, I was, because it hurt. <laughs> he wanted to know how hard it actually was. And yeah, when you when you look up and you see that one oh three, uh, that that's just not something you see. Our, our our old buddy Steve Mancuso tweeted out that no pitcher in Major League Baseball threw one hundred and three miles per hour last year. <laughs> well, Hunter Green did it twice on March second. Oh man, yeah, just uh, just just incredible. Now, of course, it wasn't uh, it wasn't all uh, roses and, and balloons and puppy dogs and apple pie. Um, he ended up giving a cheap up a cheap hit. Um, to that first batter, and then the second batter was John Jay, and he uh, he hit him with what I think looked like a slider. And if, if you look at the the replay of the, of the ball that hit him, oh, the movement on that was crazy. Did you notice that? Yeah, that that was that was one of the good sliders that he threw on the night in terms of uh, the the break on it. Yeah, well, the next batter um, clearly a, a superb uh, power hitter because he was hitting third in the lineup for uh, <laughs> for the uh, Angels. A guy you may remember, one of our old friends, Jose Iglesias. <laughs> yes, I, I do remember Jose. Yeah, yeah, he went deep, and yeah, uh, he, so, he went he went deep on one of those not so good sliders that Hunter threw on. on yeah, Tuesday. yeah, he hung one up in the up in the zone, but um, so you know, it wasn't great. And then uh, Green really made a an error a little bit later, but still. Um, but he recovered. He threw out the guy at home on that same play. So he yeah. still recorded an out on that. So let's. 
<laughs> let's, let's give him a little bit of credit there. I was glad he did that too, because I was like, oh, this poor kid, you know, I mean, he's, he's a, a sort of a rough star that, you know, he really only made uh, one, maybe two bad, 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 bad pitches. But uh, then he makes an error and he's got to be thinking, oh, nothing's going right in my first start here. But yeah, yeah, he, he got the out. So, uh, so how do we, how do we uh, characterize Hunter Green's outing? Because a lot of people are like uh, joking around saying, oh, he's a bust. But a lot of people are like, oh, kid's nowhere close to being ready, which he probably isn't. I mean, when's the last time he pitched in an actual game? July of 2018. That's the point I wanted to make. It's, it's, it's been 950 days <laughs> right. between competitive mound appearances for Hunter Green. I mean, I think I was still in elementary school the last time he... he... I, I mean, I'm, I'm not Albert Einstein, but I, that sounds accurate. Yeah, so... Um, so, so what's your, what's your, what's your judgment on his uh, outing? I, I was n- nothing but uh, impressed and, and, and excited to see what happened, regardless of, you know, the results of it. Me too. Like the, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is that Hunter Green's healthy. That's yes. all that matters. Like it, 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 it'd be one thing if Hunter Green were 26 years old and, you know, he had shown this incredible raw stuff, but couldn't put it together. And then went out and had that outing, which again you shouldn't put anything into pretty much any spring training outing, anyways. But um, I, I think that that would be a slightly different case than a guy who is 21 years old and hasn't pitched in 950 days against <laughs> a, a different team. I mean, he was at the the alternate site last year um, for like six or seven weeks, but that that's that's a very different kind of environment and situation when you're throwing to your own teammates. You're not exactly working the inner part of the plate the same way you would against actual opponents. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and sure, Mike Trout wasn't playing. And, and some of the guys on the other team were some of our old friends, like we mentioned, Iglesias and our old friend Phil Goslin, University of Virginia star. And uh, uh, Scott, Scotty Shebler. Good yeah, to see him let's, again. Let's, let's, let's point out that all of those guys are veteran major, major leaguers. And some of them are actually quality veteran major leaguers. And Hunter Green has, I mean, realistically, outside of the alternate site, has never faced guys that have played above low a baseball yeah that's exactly the point i was going to make is that i mean you know the those guys get paid <laughs> you know they're they're major leaguers and so no it's not mike trout but still you know it's not uh th- to the extent that anyone was disappointed when in his outing i think there's I, I think it's crazy i don't think there's anything to be disappointed about you got a kid who hasn't pitched in games and yes he hung a couple and you know he wasn't perfect but my goodness um all the talent that was on display when he was drafted it's all still there post Tommy John. And so that's just a, to me, a really exciting, really exciting thing. So uh, now let's talk about Nick Lodolo who pitched after that. Uh, you know, Lodolo's a different guy. He came out of college. He's another first round pick. Um, he looked awfully polished to me. What were your thoughts about Nick Lodolo's outing? I mean, you, you didn't see 103. So let's start with that. But you don't expect to see that from Nick Lodolo either. Um, you, know, you saw mid 90s though, right? Yeah, I mean, he was sitting about 93, 94, which, I mean, that, there's not, absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially from a starting pitcher from the left side. Um, but yeah, he definitely looked at a lot more polished than Hunter Green, which, again, though, you'd expect that. Right, yeah. He's a guy who came out of college. You know, he had thrown 100-plus innings at TCU, and then when he was drafted by the Reds, he threw another, I think, 18 innings in 2019. And, you know, he's, he's a guy who, you know, coming out of the draft, he was, first off, he was the first pitcher taken in the draft that he was selected. Um, you know, and one of the big selling points was he's polished and he's close to the major leagues. And I think that we saw that, um, 
you know, again, it's spring training. You don't want to take too much out of it. But what you did see from Nicodolo is kind of what you expected to see if it were mid-May and he were pitching in Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah, no, I was uh, I was extremely uh, extremely impressed with just his polish and and he's a guy that I I'm just gonna say I mean he's he's gonna pitch for the Reds this year. I mean it's it may be late in the year, uh, but uh, or second half of the season, what I don't know, but he's going to pitch in the I just and, and if not this year, I think he's gonna pitch this year, but I think he's absolutely in the mix to be in the starting rotation by, from opening day next year. Is that? Is that pushing it too much? I don't think that it's overly optimistic. Um, I can see ways where he is in the major leagues but not in the rotation at the start of next year. Um, I think that it, just, it may just all depend on how things play out. I, you know, If TJ Antone gets a spot in the rotation, I could see him sticking around. Um, and, you know, they've, they've, they're still going to have the other three guys ahead of him. And so you're going to have a little bit of competition there, but you know, I, I think that you're right. You know, Lodolo is going to pitch in major leagues at some point this year. Um, an interesting wrinkle to that is, um, if, if anyone didn't hear, uh, the triple a season that was supposed to start the first week of April got pushed back to at least the first week of May. Uh, and they're going to have alternate training sites again, at least for April this year. Um, Prasco Park, the ketchup well, factory lives. Well, it, it may not be there. Oh, uh, one one of, one of the me. things that we've, we've kind of been hearing, and this is not official yet, is that the teams or the alternate sites are, for the most part, going to be at the AAA cities, um, which for the Reds would be Louisville. Um, again, this is not confirmed or anything, um, but we've, we've heard about that happening for some other teams, some other organizations. So it, it may not be at Prasco. But either way, the point with Lodolo is, is given that he's an early minor league camp, He's probably going to be back at the alternate site, and you know, just given how things may play out, you know, he might be one of you know eight or nine pitchers there. And if he's the guy that they feel fits the best need for a short-term call-up, we might see him a little bit sooner than mid-season, like you had just said, which may not have been the case had the the minor league season started on time. Ah, interesting point. Interesting point. Um, yeah. Well, the, the 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 thing that I want to point out is just my my reaction on on seeing Green and. Lodolo that night is all positive. I, there were no negatives uh, from my perspective. Again, you don't you don't pay much attention to results necessarily, but just uh, just watching the talent and uh, you know Lodolo a little more polished again, like you'd expect. But both those guys, um, they're both have show every indication of being big league pitchers at some point, and so that's that's a good thing. It's not, it's not often the Reds actually draft somebody that makes it to the major leagues, especially as a pitcher. <laughs> especially as a pitcher. Well. Starting pitcher, I guess. There you go. Can we talk about another pitcher that you mentioned a moment ago, but who I think uh, has uh, opened some eyes this week again? Um, and it's T.J. Antone, you know, who came out and struck out five batters in a couple innings and was throwing high nineties, I believe. And and uh, you can let me know what you what you think about Antone. But I, here's my issue: that last week David Bell said we're looking at him for the bullpen. What's going on there? I wish I understood that point, that one. I just don't. I don't get it. I, I wrote about it this morning at Red Leg Nation. You know, when you look at all the guys that are up for that fourth and fifth spot, it, it's tough for me to make an argument that T.J. Antone shouldn't be ahead of everybody. You know, a, a lot has been written about and talked about Michael Lorenzen being, you know, a guy who's got who's the front runner for the spot, the one of the spots in the rotation. Well, T.J. Antone started twice as many games as him last year, and he started a hundred plus games in the last four years where Lorenzen started five. 
Um, yeah, those five games all came in the major leagues. Well, Antone's only started four in the major leagues, but you know, Antone's got everything that you want to see out of a starter. He's got that history in the minor leagues. Um, you know, and outside of Lorenzen, you know, and I guess I guess you can say the same thing for Wade Miley. Wade Miley's got you know plenty of big league track record, but you know, he's a guy that's also the Reds have talked about. You know, they want to keep him healthy this year, and that kind of leaves you a little bit questioning whether they actually want to put him in the rotation or not. Um, you know, Anton's got better stuff. I mean, again, you mentioned he was out there throwing upper 90s. He was sitting 97 and 99 for his two innings. Uh, he was absolutely dominant last year. Granted, a lot of that came in a relief role. Um, but, you know, he's got the, the innings base because he's started for his entire life. Um, you know, and he thinks he got better in the offseason. You know, he, he threw hard last year, but one of the things that he worked on in the offseason was getting better pitch efficiency or uh, spin efficiency on his fastball. Uh, that was the only pitch that was remotely close to average last year. Everything else was plus that he was throwing. Uh, he didn't throw his change up too much, so that doesn't that, that, that doesn't count. But both his curveball and his slider were among the best curveball and sliders in all of baseball. Starters, relievers, everybody. Um, you know, and he thinks he got his curveball better this year. Oh, man. Oh, here, the fastball, here. the fastball is better this year. Like I just don't understand what the hesitancy is to maybe try and put him in the bullpen. Why would you limit him to you know 60, 70, 80 innings when you can get 150 to 170 out of him? Yeah, you know, first of all, um, there's two things that I'm perfectly willing to believe. Number one, uh, David Bell's a moron. I'm, I, I can buy that argument. Uh, the second one is that I'm perfectly willing to believe that you know at the end of the day he may not have earned that fifth rotation spot, for example. I mean, you know, Wade Miley does have a, a, a big league resume. If he's healthy, Wade Miley's going to be in there. He's just going to be in there. And, you know, maybe they want, maybe they decided, well, let's let's go with Lorenzen. I mean, I'm just saying there's a scenario under which he doesn't win that. I'm not saying he's a shoe-in for the fourth or fifth spot in the rotation, Antone. To me, it just it makes no sense why we are, why David Bell just is like, uh, kind of, you know, um, Let's us peek uh, behind the uh, behind the curtain a little bit and just goes ahead and gives it away. Uh, we're looking at him for the bullpen. We think he can help with the bullpen. I, I don't understand making that decision right now. At least making it publicly doesn't make any sense. Um, I, mean, I, 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 will, I will say this: what David Bell said is that his gut feeling is that Anton will wind up in the bullpen. Now, you know, Anton pitched out of the bullpen last night, but he did pitch two innings. He's scheduled to start on Monday, so I, the decision hasn't been made, but. You know, like you said, why even say publicly that you think that your gut is saying he's going to wind up in the bullpen? Yeah, you never hear that's, managers saying stuff like that this early. Yeah, that's 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 just weird to me. You know, um, I had a good conversation earlier this week with uh, our friend Bill Lack, and uh, you know, we were kind of talking about the fact that you know we're getting to a point where a reliever who can pitch multiple innings multiple times a week, I, you know, I can pitch. We're getting to the point where you know, forever we've always said starting pitchers are more valuable than relief pitchers. And that's still the case. But we're, that gap, at least for like the fourth and fifth starters in the rotation, is kind of closing. Because, you know, starting pitchers don't go more than four or five innings often at the back end of the rotation. So if you you know, if you got a guy in the bullpen that can give you big big innings out of the bullpen, you know, maybe help you get to the back end of the, of the pen. We're getting to a point where some relievers, I think, are going to be as valuable as a fourth or fifth starter. We're not there yet. And so I just, if, if, Antone is, uh, you know, the best option. He needs to be starting. Period. That's that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we can get back to a situation where you know relievers can reliably throw, let's let, let's just call it a hundred innings. 
100 quality innings, then yes, I, I think that we can start making that argument that, you know, a guy could, in theory, be more valuable in a relief role if they can throw 100 innings, and you get to pick which innings those are versus, say, 150 innings as a starter where you don't really get to pick which innings those are. It's just, hey, every fifth day you're going, you know, versus you know, the, using them in you know high-leverage situations more often than not and getting those 100 valuable innings as a reliever. But we're not there yet. Not yet. No, we're not. We're not. Uh, the gap's closed, but we're not there. All right, m- more about uh, pitching. I mean, frankly, first of all, we've talked about this great Reds pitching staff all winter long, you know, and we've been excited now about three Reds pitchers so far, Hunter Green, Nicoladolo, and TJ Antone, and none of those guys are, you know, Luis Castillo or Sonny Gray or Tyler Malley. So, fingers crossed, if, if we're looking for reasons to be optimistic, the pitching is is, is a real reason. Um, one of the key guys out of the bullpen is, we expect, is going to be Lucas Sims. And some people were kind of concerned, uh, Sims, you know, gonna got a little bit of a late start, and uh, he, he assured everyone he was going to be ready for opening day, but he's back. He's back throwing again, and so um, I think uh, I think he's scheduled to throw another uh, bullpen session um, later this week. Um, so so he's about to be back in the mix, and and that's more good news for the pitching because Lucas Sims, is, especially given the fact that we gave away a couple of quality relievers for free, um, we need Lucas Sims available, right? Absolutely, and yeah, he he's supposed to throw a bullpen session on Friday afternoon, so that that'll be his first true bullpen um, on. Let's list today. So I guess it was on Wednesday. He threw what they call a, a short box session. Basically, the catcher sets up right directly in front of home plate. So it's kind of a bullpen session, but you're only throwing it like 58 feet rather than 60 feet, 6 inches. Uh, don't ask me why that makes any sense. Uh, the extra 2 feet, is that really a, a detriment there? I, I, I'm not a pitching coach. Derek Johnson knows way more than I'll ever pretend to know. But <laughs> I, I don't quite understand that one. But uh, So yeah, Lucas Sims is... He's getting ready to throw. He, he, he mentioned um, in, in his little Zoom interview with the media today that you know, he's probably about two weeks out from pitching in games. But assuming everything goes as, as they have planned, he's going to be ready for the regular season. And, that, yeah. and that's, all, that's all that matters. All I know is that I'm happy that uh, Derek Johnson has him throwing short box sessions. I have no <laughs> idea what, what that even is, but uh, I've never heard that term. I mean, now I know what it is, but I've never heard that term before. But in Derek uh, Johnson, we trust. Absolutely. Um, one more pitcher to get excited about, maybe a little less excited, but you know, it's kind of a blast from the past. You remember this guy named Brandon Finnegan? I, I have heard of that name. Left-handed pitcher, really live arm, had some success in the big leagues, went to a World Series with the Royals, came over in a trade for some guy. I don't know, some Reds legend, some, some, some pitcher that no one remembers. Yeah, Johnny Cueto. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, he got the uh, he got the start on Monday after his career had been completely derailed, frankly, in the last couple of years. And you know what? He looked pretty good, didn't he? He did. It, you know, I, the, the biggest thing that, you know, really, as you said, derailed him, he lost significant velocity. Uh, right right before the end, when he before he was sent back down to the minor leagues, uh, he was throwing 88 to 90 miles per hour. When Brandon Finnegan first came into the big leagues, he was throwing 95 to 96. That was in a, a relief role, but... Uh, when he lost his fastball velocity, that's when everything really took a, a turn for the worse. Yeah, and so let's not get too excited over a couple of uh, of good innings in spring training, but it's a guy that I, you know, maybe here's where I'm trying to squint and be optimistic, but he, this is a guy that has had a good arm and has had success, and, you know, he uh, he's put some, put some work in, evidently, and he, 
you know what? Who knows? Um, he's a, he's been working with the the driveline guys, I think, right? Cal Bodie's driveline baseball guys. Yeah, he uh, he actually spent pretty much all of the 2019 season uh, working with driveline. He returned in late July, so he missed April, May, June, and almost all of July uh, out training with driveline, trying to just get his velocity back, um, and it, it worked. Um, he was at you know he was 93, 94 earlier this week, uh, and you know he. He said he he feels good uh, about that, and you know he at first wasn't exactly thrilled that he was basically being told, "Hey, you don't get to pitch in games. You got to go out here and figure this out." But uh, he he said that you know by the end he was very happy that he went out and did that because you know it it really made a difference. Yeah, you know, uh, is he going to be a starter? Probably never again on the big league level. I don't think I, I think that would be uh, a surprise. But man, if you could get him back to where he could be a the old Brandon Finnegan or somewhere close to that, that's a guy that can help the bullpen in the big leagues this year. Yeah, and you know, like we had just talked about, if he's a guy who can give you two two innings every so often, that's even more valuable. And you know, with the with the yeah. starter's background, he might be a guy that can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um I don't know. That's it, that's all good news. We don't want to we never want to make too much of spring training performances. And I don't think we've talked I don't think we've placed undue emphasis on the results that we've seen from any of these pitchers we've talked about today. But I think that there's a lot to be optimistic about in terms of, of health and uh, the way their, you know, velocity and just the, just the way that all these pitchers are looking. I think, again, we don't even talked about the three best pitchers. I feel like uh, in the organization, which are Castillo, Gray, and and Malley, and so a lot of other good news. If you're looking for reasons to be optimistic about the 2021 Cincinnati Reds, I think you've got a little bit of that, right? Yeah, and if you're not if you're not going to be excited right now before you know things technically could start going bad, what are you even doing? Yeah, now's the time. Sports are supposed to be fun, right? <laughs> They're let, supposed let, to let's, be. Let's at least have fun while we can. Well, and that's the point I've been trying to make in recent days as well. Uh, you know, um, I, I'm still teed off about the fact that uh, Bob Castellan just quit on us and made no effort to improve the team in the offseason. I'm, st- I'm not going to get over that. But, man, there's so many fun players on this team. And, I mean, I really like a lot of these personalities. And, 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 and there's some good players. This team is not one of these 95 lost Reds teams that we had to suffer through. So, uh, you know, now's the time. And maybe I'm just talking myself into it. But, I, I mean, I think they're, you know, a 500 or close to 500 team, you know, just at worst, really. I mean, obviously things could completely derail and everybody gets hurt and they could be worse than that. But, you know, uh, the way I'm looking at it is it doesn't take a whole lot to go right for them to be above 500 and then you're starting to get in them in the mix in the conversation and so this could be a i'm, I'm holding out hope that this is going to be a really interesting interesting season even if they decided not to you know hire anyone to play literally one of the uh, nine positions on the field day to day fair enough all right anyway now can i ask you this question because i'm really confused about this and i know you've uh, written about it and uh, it's another kind of piece of news that kind of came out this week um and I know you've kind of dug into it a little bit, but what is going on with this, uh, the options situation? I mean, are Aristides Aquino, is he out of options? Is Jose de Leon out of options? I mean, this is always a confusing thing every year for a lot of fans. But this year, it's we don't really know what's going on with options right now, so we don't know who has to stay on the team or who can be sent down. Well, Doug, can you, can you kind of give us a quick primer as to what is the confusion here? Well, well. Uh... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna brag a little bit, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I'm pretty sure that I broke this story nationally. Um, that this year, 
teams have no idea on a handful of players as to whether they are out of options this season or not. Um, you know, in, in the Reds game notes and spring training notes for a couple weeks now, they've listed, you know, players that are out of options. And Aristides Aquino and Jose DeLeon were not on there, and they should be out of options. They've both used three major league options. That's how many you usually get. Uh, every so often you'll see a guy that gets a fourth option. Last last year we actually had a guy on the Reds get one. Um, uh, Travis Jankowski, he qualified for a fourth option year, and he did so because he had been injured for a significant portion of a season uh, that he technically used an option in. Wait a minute. Uh, I, it, I thought it was because he had such good hair. Is that not true? That's what I understood. Well, well that, that may be why they ruled in his favor. Oh, okay. All right. um, but Jankowski qualified for the option, one, for the good hair, and, and two, because he was not active long enough in a professional season because he was injured. Um, and that usually doesn't apply because that, that has to happen within a certain span of time in your career. Um, now, that same rule sort of applies here, or may not apply depending on how Major League Baseball rules, um, with last year and options for certain players. Because for a season to technically count, it has to be 90 days. Last year's season was not 90 days long. And so for a certain portion of players um, who technically could qualify for that fourth option year, they didn't spend 90 days on an active roster anywhere. Um, and so usually these things are decided in November for the next season, players that do qualify for that. Well, because of the way that things are, it's all weird because of, you know, they had a 60-game season. There was no minor league season whatsoever. Um, they, they didn't rule on it, and right now it's kind of an arbitration situation between Major League Baseball and the Players Association as to whether these players are going to get that fourth option or not. Um, for the Reds specifically, this is this is huge because, you know, they've got two, let's, let, I, I feel comfortable saying, two high upside players who probably aren't going to be used every day, or in Jose De Leon's case, in the rotation every five days, um, who... For, for the from the red standpoint could use quote-unquote seasoning to play every day or get regular playing time in triple a uh, for the reds it'd be very beneficial to be able to send them there to do that and have them ready to come up and play if and when the opportunity presents itself whether that's for you know because those guys are performing so well somebody gets hurt in the big leagues whatever you want to want to do rather than you know having them or particularly in Aquino's case, sit on the bench behind four other outfielders. Seems like I might play. be screwing those players, though. But yes, that from the player standpoint, you don't want this. You don't want this fourth option because you're gonna you're gonna make the team if you don't get that fourth option because the team doesn't want to just let you go to somebody else on waivers uh, and you know get next to nothing back in trade because somebody was going to claim you anyway. So you have to take kind of take what you can get. Um, but you know the player they get big league service time big league pay <laughs> and those, those things are very important uh, you know compared to just going back down to triple a where you know you you get better than regular minor league pay but you don't get the service time and free agency comes a little bit later and all, all of those things so you know from what i was told they're expecting to find out in the next week or two but that puts teams in a very weird and awkward situation because you're trying to figure out what your roster is going to look like and right now you really don't know if you have to, you know, put a guy like Jose De Leon or Aristides Aquino on the roster right now. So much up in the air, yeah, really weird and and uh, so uh, interesting stuff there, Doug. And uh, you know, I read what you wrote about it, and 
it's just all crazy how it's up in the air. But I, th- I thought that was interesting. I thought we needed to talk about it. So thank you for that uh, that rundown. One last kind of bit of news this week that uh, I don't know how much news it actually is, but it's, it's something to talk about. Um, all-star outfielder Yuena Cespedes had a workout in Florida. 11 teams, I believe, was the number, came to uh, to watch him work out. And the Cincinnati Reds were one of those 11 teams. Now, a couple of things. First of all, um, it doesn't hurt to kick the tires. You know, I, he's for a guy that's, I don't know. I don't know how he's anything other than a fourth or fifth outfielder for the Reds. But, yeah, it doesn't hurt to go take a look. But um, I'm not sure I see how Cespedes helps the team unless he's fully healthy and, and, and a lot better than he was prior to uh, his injury-plagued uh, days. But um, And then how he fits on a roster that has a lot of outfielders. But I don't know. It's something, to, something for us to talk about. They did go... They did go and uh, and watch him work out. I think really what it was is that Nick Crawl or somebody just wanted to go down to Florida and hang out for a few days, and so just a little 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 work va- work vacation. But well, I, I'm sure that they sent somebody in the Florida area already to to, to scout that. But you know, just I, I didn't ask this specifically about Jonas Cespedes, um, but in the past when I've asked if you know the Reds were going to be at certain workouts, basically it was always just yeah we we try and cover every workout because one you never know what you're going to see. Like, you know, there's a chance you show up and a guy just looks completely different than what you would have expected going in, be that good or bad. But you, you want to have that information. Um, but, you know, let's let's just let's just play this out. Let's say that they went out there and Cespedes looked absolutely incredible. Well, then he still doesn't fit for the Reds because somebody's going to outbid them because the Reds aren't going to put up that kind of bid for somebody who they probably aren't going to play every day because they've got enough outfielders as it is. Are you suggesting the Reds are going to be unwilling to uh, to pay actual money for good players? That doesn't that doesn't sound like the Reds that I know. I mean, I'm not going to suggest that because uh, there are a few players in the Reds that aren't making money. But um, yeah, they're not going to do it for new players. There you go. <laughs> nope. There's to me, there's zero percent chance that uh, Cespedes is a Red. Uh, so it's interesting. Whatever. I don't know that he even fits uh, here unless he's good enough to be a you know a starter again, and then he's going to make any team better. Right, and then and then another team's going to swoop in and pay him a little bit more than you were willing to do, anyways. Yeah, yeah, the Reds. <laughs> but but you know, it, again, it, it it it's it's pretty simple. It that that scout was being paid for that day, anyways. So having the information that hey, you know, this guy looks, you know, X, Y, and Z. If he signs with the team that you're playing the first week of the season, and let's say that he is signing with a team that has spring training in Florida rather than Arizona, you're not going to see him until the first week of the season, probably. So having that information for your pitchers. And, you know, again, catchers to kind of just work slightly with some sort of updated information on him, because let's be realistic, he hasn't played hardly at all in two and a half seasons. So having that information for your pitchers might be slightly beneficial if he happens to sign with a team that you play the first week or two of the season. Yeah, there's no downside. There's no downside yeah. to going and watching yeah. every one of these workouts. Yeah, just go, go, go watch and see. I'm surprised only 11 teams showed up. That, frankly, that that's what surprised me too when I saw the report out of the uh, the New York Post. That just and here's what's even crazier: we the National League doesn't have a designated hitter, which you know you'd feel that that would be a a, a role that Cespedes could play. He's not exactly known to be a good defender anymore. Uh, he's coming off multiple lower leg injuries. He's got a gun, uh, and well, yeah, but uh, and he has a good arm National, too. There were four National know. League. I see what you did there. <laughs> There, there were more National League teams in attendance than American League teams, and that that, that was weird yeah. to me too. Well, I mean, if you need it, if you need an outfielder, if you're you know if you only got two outfielders instead of four like the Reds have, potentially five, then yeah, I can see it. But yeah, that's sad. What 
Can he play shortstop? Ooh, it doesn't matter. The Reds have decided that they're, they're like taking a stand. We're, we're going to play without a shortstop this year, and we're going to prove that it can be done. I mean, if you just call them both third basemen on that side <laughs> of the infield, does that count? Uh, I don't know what. It, and I guess we can say, since we're talking about spring training, we haven't really talked about shortstop much, and we, that's been the number one topic on the podcast. The Reds have had, what, four different players play shortstop so far? Uh, D. Strange Gordon, Kyle Farmer, Kyle Holder, Alex Blandino. Jose Garcia, that's five. Oh, Jose, yeah, Jose Garcia, five different guys, and only one of them has any chance of being a, uh, a decent shortstop in the future, by which I'm talking about, of course, D. Strange Gordon. <laughs> no. No, oh, Chad, you are you. You have got the jokes tonight. Oh yeah, they're hilarious. Um, yeah, D. Strange Gordon, man, I swear he looks like. Uh, again, I don't think it's the guy. He's had a great career, but I mean, he looks like old Billy Hamilton. You know, an aged Billy Hamilton. <laughs> and listen, that's not a criticism for me. You know how much I like Billy Hamilton, but come on, this guy's not a big like, shortstop. And yikes, I don't know how he helps a team offensively. Uh, if you only use him as a pinch runner, he could help offensively. What do we think here? I mean, where, where, where are we, where are we going to land? I mean, I think it's pro- my, here's my guess is that it's going to be some mixture of farmer and, uh, and Gordon strange Gordon. Um, I, I, I think that I'm going to go with, there's going to be a combination of farmer and holder. I think we're going to get the Kyle platoon. Interesting. Is there any chance that Blandino, I mean, I was happy to see him get a shot at it, uh, at playing it there. Is there any chance? He's the only one that I can kind of squint. That's something we talk about sometimes. You know, just kind of kind of squint a little bit and, and try to see something. He's the only one of that group, other than Garcia. We're putting Garcia out of it right now because Garcia needs some some seasoning. I think he still can be a, a legit big league shortstop, but he, he ain't ready. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think the Reds have been pretty clear that they also believe that he's not ready right now. Well, that's why, we, that's why they spent all offseason talking about trying to acquire a shortstop because they did not feel that he was ready. Yeah, a lot of talking. They did a lot of talking about as their priority. Yes. They, they might not have answered the question they were asking, but they asked the question a whole lot. Bob Castellini can take a hike, man. Sell the stupid team, Bob Castellini. Yeah, because we know you're listening. <sighs> oh, he's listening. He's my biggest fan. Well, not anymore. He's not. He is. He's, he, he's trying to get me. He's trying to get me back on the reservation. Um, listen, uh, so, so yeah, I could see Farmer and Holder. I don't know. I just, I, I don't see that actually. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Farmer and, and, uh, D strange Gordon. Um, he's the type of player they've always kept <laughs> on the roster and maybe it's a different, uh, yeah, but it, it, yeah, front you say that, now. but you, you were going to say it's a different front office. You know, David Bell wasn't around for the Billy Hamilton situation. Um, you know, neither, I mean, you know, Nick Crawl was around, but you know he wasn't exactly the, the top guy making those decisions either. Uh, and you know, I just, I don't know. But getting back to Blandino, I'm kind of with you there. I, I, I think that he's the only guy I have any, even the, the the smallest amount of faith in being not an offensive black hole. Yeah. Um, if you put him in the lineup. Now, with that said, I also don't really think that Alex Blandino is a true shortstop defensively. He's a guy that you can put there, you know, two two three times a week. Uh, when the right guy's on the mound, uh, you're but, not wrong. But, but you know, you've got you've got the shift. Yeah, I'm willing to give up some defense for some offense. And you've got a lot of high strikeout pitchers. And the the Reds' ground ball pitchers that are starters are Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. And 
those guys both swing or get lots of swings and misses and strikeouts. So while they are ground ball guys where you would, in theory, want a quality defensive shortstop, they're also guys that don't let the ball get in play a lot. So it kind of mitigates that a little bit. Um, I, I think that it might just come down to, one, how good does Blandino look defensively? And two, how bad do the other guys look offensively? Yeah, yeah. If Blandino can look competent defensively, um, but he shows some of the things that we've seen. And he's, it's not like he's some kind of offensive superstar, but you know he's shown an ability to get on base a little bit, and you know he's not been he's not going to be a black yeah. hole. I don't think. Yeah, and outside of Jose Garcia, I think he's got a power advantage over everybody else too. Oh, well, that's not saying a whole lot. It's not, but if if <laughs> I think that we're all in this situation where. Um, None of the options seem good, so when you've got some sort of advantage somewhere, it's important. I'm going to say this, and maybe this is my hot take of the, of the day, but uh, if if D. Strange Gordon, uh, again, who I, he's had a great career. I've got nothing against D. Strange Gordon. He's out there working hard and trying to win the job. Good for him. I'd, I'd be I'd be just like him. I'd be like, hey, listen, I'm going to keep trying to win a job in the big leagues until they pull the uniform off me. But if he's going to get a substantial number of starts at shortstop, and we don't know that he is yet. I mean, you know, that's my prediction, but I don't think that, you know, there's not data to show that that's absolutely going to happen yet. There's, um, it's still speculation. But if he is going to get a significant number of innings at shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds in 2021, I would just as soon the Reds say, just, you know what, we've given up on shortstop, clearly. Let's, let's, uh, reacquire Billy Hamilton and let him go back to his original position of shortstop and let him play there. Because at least I like Billy Hamilton. <laughs> I'm if, not willing to go that far. If they're going yeah, to quit, just let's get a guy that I like. I mean, I, I, I have, I have nothing against these strange Gordon. So I, and I have nothing against Billy Hamilton either. Um, I just wanted to put that out there, but you sound like you've got something against Billy Hamilton. No, I don't. I just, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, because I had said I didn't have anything against, D. Strange Gordon. That I also have nothing against Billy Hamilton. I just if 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 I if I already got D. Strange Gordon, I'm not going to go out of my way to get Billy Hamilton because, as you kind of mentioned earlier, kind of kind of pretty much the same player. No, no. In my scenario, we're getting rid of D. Strange Gordon. Well, yes, but and, you've got to acquire then Billy Hamilton, which is going to you know it's going to cost either money because you're basically buying his contract rights. We're going to trade for him. Yeah, Billy, what, what do you have to give up for Billy? Billy's not a free agent right now, so... What do you have to give up for Billy? I, I, I don't know, but something. Something. I, it's worth it. He's Billy Hamilton. No. Okay. All I'm saying is, if... Actually, I'll, I'll go even further. If our shortstop platoon is going to be Kyle Farmer and D-Strange Gordon, or Kyle Farmer and Kyle Holder, I'm like, come on, get out of here. Screw it. <laughs> let's just Let's just give it to Billy. Because Billy's fun. And he talks funny. I like guys that talk funny because, you know, he and I kind of, he talks faster than me, but we have a... He does we, everything faster than you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But uh, we've got that, uh, you know, southern accent. And so, uh, you know, he's he's my guy. Um, one of my favorite Reds of the last 20 years. For, it's kind of inexplicably, I, I, I admit it. But, but he, was, uh, he was fun to watch in so many different aspects. Oh, man. I would, maybe, I, not, maybe not so much swinging the bat, but everything else. He was exciting. I would literally, uh, uh, this is, I'm, I'm about to die on this hill. I would literally give him the red shortstop job over anybody the Reds currently have. And, uh, although I could be talked into Blandino if he shows, you know, that he can handle it. Oh, boy, what an idiot I am. 
You ever you heard? Said it. Well, who, you said it. Who's I can't remember the guy's name now off the top of my head. I'm, I've got I'll remember it since we finished recording. But the guy in the in the uh, I think it was the U.S. Open uh, back in late sixties, sixty eight maybe, who uh, he would have won the United States Open. This is golf, the golf tournament. He would have won the tournament, but he signed an incorrect scorecard. He like filled out the scorecard wrong and turned it in with the wrong score, so he was disqualified. I hate golf so and much. He, and he was, uh, I think he was an Italian guy. Gosh, what's his name? But anyway, his quote was, what a stupid I am. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite sports quote ever. That's and so, good. so I admit, I want Billy Hamilton to be the starting shortstop. And so, yeah, what a stupid I am, but whatever. Come on. All right. Anything else before we answer some viewer mail questions? Any other things that have happened in spring training this week that caught your eye that we need to talk about? Because it's fun to talk about actual news out of, uh, out of Reds camp. It it is, yeah. Uh, you know, I I feel like we covered a lot, though, didn't we? We did. I mean, I mean I, we I'm did. sure we're forgetting something because I I also feel like this week has lasted seven weeks and I, there hasn't been time for me to sleep because I've been writing about so many different things that have happened. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Here's 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 a fun one. In case those in the Cincinnati area didn't hear about this or see this, um, you can now stream the Reds games, the radio broadcast for free online or your smart devices through iHeartRadio on 700 WLW. Uh, now, it, there there are restrictions on how far away from Cincinnati you can live to still be able to do this. But in the past, you couldn't do it at all. Um, and so that, that that's good news because I can't speak for everybody, but uh, I have multiple friends and myself don't really own an actual radio that's not in the dash of my car. Right. Yeah, that's and, a good that's a good that's a good. Uh, we, we've all got, you know, portable music listening devices in our pockets everywhere we go. But Major League Baseball wouldn't allow you to use it to listen to online radio. And now they're allowing at least the Reds to do this. And so that, that that's a good thing if you live in the greater Cincinnati area. And if you don't, give it a shot and see if it works. Um, I You know, because I, I wrote about it and I mentioned that, you know, they didn't announce exactly how far the range was. And somebody said they're on the border of West Virginia and they got it. So it, it does extend pretty far outside of the greater Cincinnati area. So give it a shot and see. This is something that should have been done years ago. You know, if you're listening to WLW on iHeartRadio, for example, um, and the Reds game starts, they go to some nonsense programming because you can't listen. To the, it, it makes no sense if you're in the market yeah, not it, to it's, permit it's, that streaming. It's, it's been so frustrating. It's like, just because I don't have a radio in my pocket, I can't listen to it. Yeah. I just, yeah. So it, that, it, that, 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 I think that's that's... That, that's a big improvement on getting more and more people to be able to listen to and follow games. It's one of the very few things that Major League Baseball seems to be doing right in terms of allowing their consumer to have access to the product. Is that a radio in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Yeah. So anyway, the other that you reminded me of another good bit of news uh, this week. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't classify this as good, actually, but it's news, which is that... Um, here in, uh, very soon, you're going to be able to uh, get tickets to Cincinnati Reds games again, because there are going to be. I mean, it's a lot of season ticket uh, holders, but other than opening day, there's going to be tickets available, limited tickets available, thirty percent of capacity, I think. But um, you can get back in Great American Ballpark if that's your thing. It's not my thing, as I've talked about here, but if that's your thing in 2021, hey, go do it. Yeah, I believe it's uh, March 17th. They will go on sale exclusively at Reds.com. If you want to go to the ticket window, you have to wait until March 18th. Uh, I believe that they go on sale there at 9 a.m. So hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you have access to the Internet, and you can get online and do that in a couple of weeks. Presumably. Yeah. So, you know, good. Again, if that's your thing, 
you can get back into Great American Ballpark, which I love me some Great American Ballpark. Uh, and not, not in 2021 for me, but, uh, uh, you know. I, but, hey, we, we don't want to stop you from having a good time. No. So if that's what you want to do, go for it. Listen, uh, again, and, and it's not because I'm afraid of going to be in crowds. I wish there were more people that could come, and I understand the, the restrictions. And, and by later in the season, actually, I expect that those that the amount of uh, seats that are going to be available is, is going is to rise with the way things are going. But, um, hey, yeah. That's uh, that's news because there's not been a fan at a Reds game in a long time. Although, actually, there were no fans at Reds games really prior to the pandemic, hardly. So it's not really I mean, that much different. There's fans at the Reds games that's happening right now. It's <sighs> true. It's just happening in Goodyear, Arizona. Goodyear, Arizona. <sighs> Which is, uh, I hate that name because I don't remember the last time we had a good year. <sighs> I guess it depends on how we want to define good. Yeah. Let's answer some viewer mail questions, Doug Gray. All right. I'm ready. Before we do that, uh, you know, th- these questions, first of all, come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can support this little uh, this little crazy ship we've got sailing on the on the, on the the podcast waters. Uh, we, had, we had a new uh, a, a new member of the family join us up this week, and as we do, when you, uh, when you join up, well, we try to figure out what position you're going to play on our beer league softball team. And uh, this this week's new member of the community is a guy that you and I are both familiar with, Richard Fitch. You, you know Richard Fitch? I do know Richard. Richard, of course, has been uh, an outstanding uh, writer at Red Leg Nation for many years, um, and uh, and other places. And uh, you know, I've met him met him uh, in person, and uh, he's a fine young man. And uh, but, but but I guess we got to answer the question: Where does Richard play on our Red Leg Nation uh, Radio Beer League softball team? Well, if you, if we're playing softball, he's my left center fielder. Left center field. But if we're going to play baseball, he's my sixth inning reliever. Oh, sixth inning reliever! Can he maybe go more than one inning? It depends on the lineup he's facing. Okay. All right. Yeah, that that's that's me calling Richard out for his stuff. <laughs> well, here's what I say for Richard. Here's where he's going to play on, on my uh, on my team, actually, because I'm the manager of this team. I'm also the general manager, and I refused in the off season to get us a beer league uh, softball shortstop. So I'm just going to put. I'm just going to put your team. I'm just going to Richard a shortstop. We got to have somebody there. <laughs> Some somebody does have to play there. It's a rule. <laughs> That's right. Somebody's name has to have shortstop written next to it on the lineup card. Absolutely. Richard, uh, you're a good guy. Thank you so much for joining uh, joining the family and uh, really appreciate it. Shortstop's yours. Okay, let's uh, answer some viewer mail questions. First viewer mail question comes from our friend Jerry Saduth. And Jerry, I think I, I've asked you 10 times how to pronounce your name. And if I'm screwing it up, just tell me. His question is this. How optim- And we, we actually kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. How optimistic should we be for the back end of the rotation? It seems like there are legitimately talented arms who the coaching staff really seem to improve. Am I overly hopeful? My answer is this. uh, Not having Trevor Bauer makes the Reds' rotation weaker. But the back end of the rotation, we've got... It's been a while. You know, the last couple years is is not what we often see in, in Reds' territory. That, and what I mean by that is, we got a lot of options. You know, uh, when we're talking about the fourth and the back end of the rotation, fourth and fifth, you've got essentially Wade Miley, you've got T.J. Antone, previously mentioned, you've got Michael Lorenzen. You know, Jose De Leon's no uh, 
you know, uh, he's he's not too shabby. I mean, I, I think that there are. I think we there's reason to be hopeful. What do you think about that, Doug? Absolutely, I, I am the, the the least amount of concern I've got for anything on this team is the starting rotation. I, I don't know who's going to be the number four and number five, but I like to I like the uh, there are four options that I like that I'd be perfectly fine with if they took the fourth or fifth spot. Yeah, there's some depth, and we haven't so, always had that. Yeah, it's I, I I'm I'm not the least bit concerned. You know, as you said, losing Trevor Bauer it hurts the rotation, but it's still going to be a pretty good rotation if you ask me. Yeah, we've gone from uh, Scott Feldman being the number one starter to having being kind of okay yeah. with the options for fourth and fifth. That's a big yeah. I'm, I'm pretty turner. sure Scott Feldman wouldn't make this rotation. He <sighs> might not be the sixth or seventh option in this rotation. Uh, Jimmy Haynes would be the ace, though. We know that. Well, of course. Next question from Patreon.com/slash Redleg Radio comes from Woo the Reds. Woo the Reds. I will not woo the Reds. I definitely will woo the Reds. I'm pro woo. Hey, we're gonna have the woo back this year. We didn't have any woos last year. That just That's occurred true. to me we're gonna have the woo back. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I may go back to Great American Ballpark just to do the woo. If you don't know what the woo is, are, are you really a Reds fan? Alright, woo's question. Which small sample size should everyone get the most overexcited about? Which small sample size should everyone get the most overexcited about? I'm not sure how to answer uh, that question. I'm going to assume he's referring to the small sample size of spring training performances so far. In which case, I'm going to go with Scott Heineman, who has an OPS of 1,800 right now. Mm. Can he play? Uh, can he hit cleanup for the Reds? It seems like it. I mean, anybody can hit cleanup if they write your name on the lineup there. Yeah, so based on, yes. based yes, on the data before us. Yeah, I mean, 1,800. I mean, Barry Bonds didn't even do that. So... Uh, yeah, so that's that's the answer. Um, but I'm gonna get. I, I've resolved woo to get excited about every single small sample size. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, we did. Hey, our, our buddy D Strange Gordon's hitting over 300. There oh, you go. Oh my goodness! I'm ready. Is he the strangest Gordon we've ever met, or is Commissioner Gordon stranger? I'm gonna go with he is because let's let, let's play this out. When D Strange Gordon was drafted, he went by Deveris Strange Gordon, and then he went by D Strange Gordon. And then he just went by D. Gordon. And now he's back to D. Strange Gordon. So I'm going to go with D. Strange Gordon is more bizarre. Yeah, that's a strange turn of events. Yes. Literally and figuratively. Joe Farsing asks, best baseball movie starring James Earl Jones? And here's, here, are, here are the options. Field of Dreams, The Sandlot, or The Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars, and Motor Kings. Now, i got to say, all three... Highly enjoyable movies. I think there's a clear answer here, but what so do, you do think? I? But I think it's different than yours. No, I'm sure you'll. I know. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to let you go ahead and say it. I'm going to go with the Sandlot. Yeah, I knew it. Get out of town, with that nonsense. <laughs> go ahead, Chad. Tell tell me why I'm wrong. You killing me, Smalls. The answer, of course, is coming to America. <laughs> oh no! Wait a oh, minute. I I cannot wait for Friday night. <laughs> That's the it's new coming so to America is coming out. You know what I did, Doug? I, I watched the original Coming to America for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years, just in anticipation of the... Uh, oh, you, you've been missing out for 20 years. Like, I that, know. That, that, that's like once a year you got to watch it. Uh, it's good. It's fun. It's funny. Eddie Murphy is a comic genius. I mean, he's a it's, Hall of Famer. It's, it's fun. That's what it is. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I was got to watch it again. And I am going to watch the new one as well. But uh, the answer here is clearly 
clearly. And again, I'm not anti-Sandlot. I do think it's a little overrated. Gotta be honest. Um, but it's fun. I watch it every time it's on. My son loves it. But it's Field of Dreams. See, I feel like, again, there's nothing wrong with Field of Dreams, but I think it's overrated. And I, it's it's a, it's a good movie, but people talk about it like it's an all-time great movie. And I'm not even sure it's an all-time great baseball movie. Listen. It's a good baseball movie. That's reasonable. That's actually I, I disagree. It's, you know, it, to me it's it hits the, all the right spots for me. But there's a good kind of critical look at that movie that agrees with what you're saying that that it's overrated. But the reason why I think that it's the best baseball movie starring James Earl Jones, I guess maybe I'm looking at it more in terms of what's the well, I think it's a better movie than the other two, other three, all three of them, just in general. But when I think about James Earl Jones's role in that, and that speech that he gives about baseball through the years, man, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> it makes me want to cry as even more than when I look at the uh, the lineup card and see Kyle Holder starting at shortstop. It's 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 that emotional. I'll, I'll give you that, Chad. From a James Earl Jones perspective, Field of Dreams, no yeah. doubt. Oh. One, his role was much bigger. Uh, you don't even know that James Earl Jones is in the Sandlot until the last three minutes. It's pretty good, though. I mean, he's you know he's a he played with Babe Ruth, and I mean it's a pretty good role. But yeah, it it's is. tiny. But yeah. Okay, uh, good question, Joe. And I'm a big uh, big baseball movie guy. We need to have a big long podcast up just about baseball movies. At some point. Hooper Powell's question is this. Other than The Simpsons, list these shows in order from one to five. And so I guess he's talking about animated shows here. So list these shows in order from one to five. So I'm going to give you five animated shows here, Doug. And then we're going to try to come to a consensus. One to five. King of the Hill. Family Guy. Beefhead and Bobo. No, no. Beavis and Butthead. South Park. And Archer. What? Uh, let me say them again, and I want you to tell me what you think your number one is first. King of the Hill, Family Guy, Beavis and Butthead, South Park, and Archer. What's your number one of those animated shows? And I'll tell you why I, you're wrong I, after you say I love it. all of them. So I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think there's only... There's one wrong ra- answer. There, but... There's rationalizations for your answer. I'm going to go with South Park as number one. It's been around for 25 years. It, it it it's it's still good. It, it's it's really tough to be around for that long and still be good. Okay, you're you're not wrong. I was gonna slam your pick because that's what I do. Uh, that's not the my, that's not my pick, South Park. But you're right. Four of these five, I think you can make a really good case for. I don't see any case for King of the Hill. That's number five. Get out of here. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Archer was number five. Archer's and number I, one. I love Archer. Oh I my just... gosh! Well, this is Doug's last appearance on the Red Lake Nation Radio podcast. I mean, I would say it's been fun, guys, but I'm the worst, and I know it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, you, you can't. South Park's a that's a good that's a good call. Um, what I love about South Park is they take on everybody. They're, they're fearless, and uh, you know it's just about what's going to make you laugh. And so I'm all for South Park. But Archer, Archer is the smartest, the best written of all those shows. Archer is my number one. I, you know, again, I, I I don't even think that you're wrong with anything you're saying. 
Yeah. I, the, I, I went over, I just, the, the longevity doesn't feel as significant as the other four. And maybe, maybe that, maybe that's just in my head. Um, Beavis and Butthead obviously didn't last as long, but the fact that, you know, we're still, Brilliant, though. It's, yeah. it's, it's still relevant 25 years later. Uh, you might have been. It, 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 it kind of, I mean, it wasn't. You know, I, I think that The Simpsons kind of broke the, the, the mold, so to speak. But I think Beavis and Butthead was the next adult-oriented cartoon that kind of changed the way that future cartoons were. But now you're probably a little young to have been in the Beavis and Butthead generation, right? No. Wasn't that a little bit before you? No. I, I, I'm, I'm guesstimating here, but I feel like Beavis and Butthead was like 95, 96, 97, which, I mean, that, you know, that was fifth, sixth, seventh grade for me. Yeah, it would have been, let's see, 90, no, it would have been before that, because I remember, it would have been a little bit earlier than that, because I remember sitting in a in Western Civ class. I have this distinct memory of my buddy. Uh, 1993 yeah. was one because of what I did. Right, so. yeah. So, right, that's, that's the year I was going to say, because I was sitting in Western Civ in college, and my buddy uh, said, have you seen this? I've like, never even heard of it. So I went and watched it, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> This is amazing. So, yes. um, so you shouldn't have been watching that. You you were a little I should, right. I should have been. I definitely bought a ticket for a different movie and then went and saw Beavis and Butthead do America. I, love I, it. I, I I significantly was terrified about being caught. That's doing funny. That. I, you know the truth of the matter is, and I haven't watched Beavis and Butthead in years, but about I don't know four or five weeks ago, I watched that on HBO Max. That Beavis and Butthead movie is, is on there. And I, and I watched it for some reason, and it was it made me laugh out loud. Family Guy's the other one. It, it you know, held up. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, or maybe just held up because I have this fond memory because I was, you know, a teenager, and that was it was you know kind of um, subversive, you know, like Sim, like you said, Simpsons was before, but then it kind of took it further. Family Guy took it even further. Well, South Park, all these guys did, except for King of the Hill, which was garbage. Um, I know they all talked like me, but it was garbage. Um, and it was done by Mike Judge, who did Beavis and Butthead. Family Guy's all kind of like South Park. They'll they'll take on anybody. They'll make fun of anybody. And I think that's what makes for good comedy. So all those are good except for King of the Hill. I like King of the Hill. <sighs> I know it, a lot it, of people do. I think that it's different than the other four. I, I, I it's they it talk was funny. Bit, it, was, it was a little bit more serious at times. Was it? Now, I didn't watch yeah. it that much. <laughs> I, I didn't like I it when I first started watching. It. I was like, I'm not. I'm not watching this. You're weird, Chad. You see The Simpsons? They uh, two more seasons. <laughs> they just wow. announced two more seasons, at least. So, I I actually looked this up the other day. Um, Homer Simpson would be 63 years old if he aged appropriately from the debut of The Simpsons. I remember when it first came on. This is just how old I am, but it was. Listen, parents were like upset about kids watching it, and it was. That's the 90s for you, I guess. All right, Joey Gaditza, let's move on here. We've got to answer, answer these uh, viewer mail questions. Joey Gaditza, is Jonathan India on the opening day roster yay or nay? I'm going to say nay. Yeah, but did you, have you seen his hair? I have seen his hair. But let's also point out, he's not even in big league camp. And while it's not impossible to make the team while not in big league camp, especially in a year like this year where things are just a little bit weird, uh, yeah, he's he's not going to make the team unless a bunch of injuries happen. Okay, but Doug's clearly not seen his hair. No, he's not going to make the team. Um, and listen, I'm I'm low man uh, on Jonathan India. I've not been impressed by anything he's done since he came. And, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, I'm probably the high guy on Jonathan India. 
And, and I, yeah, he's, he's not going to make it. I'm hopeful now because of the, the hair. Um, and because he, I mean, he has a good pedigree and I'd love to see him not be Brandon Larson, but, um, he's not going to be on the big league team on opening day. Charles Zollers asks, and this is a, a question that you're not going to understand. So I'm going to let you answer it. Okay. If David Bell gets fired, oh man, dare to dream. No, I, I don't want to say that. That's, I, I apologize. I don't want any, I don't want to celebrate anyone losing their job. But if David Bell gets fired, can we hire Jose Marino? That's his first question. The second one is also prime Gareth Bell or prime Joey Votto. Do you understand any of those questions? I know those names. Jose Marino has been a manager of soccer teams across the world. Real Madrid, Chelsea, Man United, and currently Tottenham Hotspur, the greatest soccer club in the history of the sport. And I'm not sure what I think about him right now. So I'm not sure I want him over David Bell. Are we trying like a an opposite Ted Lasso thing here? Is that is that what's going on? Doug, have you seen Ted Lasso yet? I have not, and I am really considering signing up for whatever HBO thing I need to do just so I can binge it because it's actually everything I heard is incredible, and I just I, I feel like I'm completely missing out. It's actually Apple Plus. Is it Apple Plus? Okay. And let me tell you something. I would have I figured that out eventually. But it, thank you, Chad. Right. It, I gotta say, Ted Lasso is worth signing up to, to pay for one month of it to binge it. It's I don't know ten episodes first season. I don't know how many it is, something like that. And it is it it is it's Jason Sudeikis who used to be on Saturday Night Live, and it is brilliant. He's an American football coach from Wichita State University, and he goes to coach a team in uh, English soccer, and it is brilliant. It's as good, as, and I don't watch, don't trust me because I don't watch very many TV shows, but this show it's funny. It's uh, you know you kind of get emotional sometimes. It's just it's perfect. So anyway, Charles, the second question. I'm gonna let you answer this one. Prime Gareth Bale or Prime Joey Votto? I mean, I'm gonna take Prime Joey Votto, uh, and there's no reason for this other than the fact that I absolutely know a lot about Joey Votto, and I literally only know the bare minimum about Gareth Bale. The the real answer is 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 Gareth Bale. Um. I'll, I'll trust you on this, Chad. I feel like you're way more educated in. No, than I hate to say it. Me. I hate to say because I love Joey, but you know Gareth Bale was with Tottenham, and he went to Real Madrid, and he won Champions League a number of times, and he's back with Tottenham now. Um, at his height, I think he was better than Joey Votto at his height. Oh, I hate to say that's that. that's pretty good though. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because Votto was pretty good, right? Okay, uh, two more questions, and then we got to get out. Rich Harwood. Rich Harwood asks this. Suppose there's a hypothetical steak dinner at a fancy place. And when he says fancy place, I assume he's talking about uh, Golden Corral. Suppose there's a hypothetical steak dinner at a fancy place riding on TJ Antone, making at least 15 starts and carrying an average of 11.4 strikeouts per nine innings or better this season. Hypothetically speaking, of course, would you go for or against the man from Mansfield? He averaged 11.5 strikeouts per nine last season in limited action, averaging a so-so 22.5 strikeouts per nine so far in spring training. I mean, I, I would bet against that strikeout rate at 15 starts. Yeah. Not that I think that he's going to have a low strikeout rate, but that's... That's tough. That, I mean, that that yeah, starting pitchers don't do 11.5 strikeouts per nine. Yeah. No, I, I would bet against that one. Now, I would bet... 
I think I would bet. I don't know. We had this conversation earlier, but I think I'd bet he's going to make 15 starts for the Reds. I'm I'm hopeful, Chad. There's going to be injuries, you think, and he's got to be, even if he doesn't make the bullpen, make the uh, rotation out of uh, spring training, you got to think there's 15 starts out there for him throughout the season, assuming he stays healthy. So uh, I'm taking the under, and uh, Rich, you and I will go have a uh, a Golden Corral dinner at some point, and either you're paying or I'm paying, one or the other. All right, last question, and Doug, I'm sorry to drop this one on you because you may not be aware of this, but Risto Neely, uh, the last time you were on, you accused him of lying about being uh, not a spring chicken. And I'm sure you don't remember this, but he got upset about it. My bad. And uh, Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't recall. So maybe, maybe there was a right. reason. Yeah, he had a question. Maybe, you, I'm, maybe you, I'm just the worst. That I, that seems a lot more accurate. You suggest that he might not be telling the truth about whether he's not a spring chicken. Anyway, his question is this: Good evening, Professor Dotson and Mister Spring Chicken Gray. It's vacation planning time. Have you ever taken a baseball vacation or incorporated baseball into a family vacation? If so, what ballparks to visit? If not, which ones would you want to visit? Our family took a uh, our grand family vacation in 98. We took Amtrak from Tampa, Florida to Estes Park, Colorado to stay with my cousin who lives there. Between the trip out and back with much planning and a favorable MLB schedule, we caught games at Philly, St. Louis, Wrigley, Comiskey, and PNC Park. Um, and even caught the Reds at uh, Philly and at Wrigley. So, um, and then they visited the Stanley in Estes Park where The Shining was filmed. But grand vacation, baseball made it even better. Have you ever, you or your family, anyone ever taken a uh, a baseball-related vacation? What do you think, Doug? I, I don't think that I would consider any of my baseball travels a vacation. So I'm going to go with no, but... Yeah, you worked out. I, I, I've, I've traveled a lot for baseball. Um, I have, and, and, and sort of... You know, when I grew up, we were three and a half, four hours away from from Cincinnati growing up, and we were uh, we were not particularly well off financially, and we didn't do very many vacations. But every year, we would take you know a half a week, four or five days, and we would go to Cincinnati. That was you know, we'd, and we'd watch baseball games every day, basically for me and my brother because we were obsessed with it. We'd go to Kings Island one day, and that was. There were a number of years where that was our vacation. And uh, so I guess the answer is yes there. Um, but you know what? I've never I've never gone to spring training, uh, which is ridiculous. I need to do that. Now, something we're planning this year, just started planning. I, I, I know my answer for this year. What's your answer for this year? I'm going to California. I'm seeing the Padres. I'm seeing the Dodgers. And I'm seeing the Giants. Not so much the Giants because I feel that they're a good team or anything, but I just I, I love the ballpark and I hear great things about God, the ballpark. Gorgeous. And if you're yeah. going to go out there in California, anyways, you might as well swing by. What I've started, and I tease this on Twitter. If you if you follow me on Twitter, and there's really no reason you should follow me on Twitter. Matter of fact, everybody's listening probably should go and un- unfollow me. But whatever, do, do you do you? I'm doing it right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, you're blocked. You can't do it. You're already blocked. <laughs> I've got I've got burner accounts. You don't even know. <laughs> but. Uh, this year, you know, we had planned last year to do an international trip uh, with uh, my daughter. Uh, wanted to, I told her we could do one that, where she wanted to go, and she wanted to go to Greece. And so we were planning to do that. And then, of course, you know, things happened. And now I don't even think, I'm not even confident that we're going to be able to do that this year. So we said, well, we're going to kick it off another. International travel may not be happening this summer either. But what might be happening is let's just do what we've talked about forever, which is let's take a road trip across the country. 
I'm going to have some time this summer that we can do that. Uh, my wife and I both, we, we're going to have some time we can take off. And so now a part of this is going to be where can we get into the ballpark? Because we have to do it during the summer. And, you know, it depends on different places. But I'm currently trying to plan a trip to see, you know, we got to see the Grand Canyon. I mean, all, you know, all, all the stuff you need to see. We're, gonna, we're thinking about maybe doing Route 66. I don't know. But I'm going to figure out a way to squeeze in at least a couple of ball games somewhere. And I haven't decided where we're planning. And if you got advice for me, hit me up on Twitter about uh, how to plan one of these trips. But uh, but we're going to do, it's not going to be a baseball trip, but I'm going to have to figure out a way to get some baseball in. So anyway, um, and maybe I will see Doug out there at uh, in San Francisco. You won't. I'm not traveling this year. Well, but you... if I were, I would, I would be finding my way to San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Well, there you go. Well, I've been fortunate enough to uh, have gotten the vaccine. I encourage everybody to get it. And uh, um, my wife is getting hers uh, first uh, first dose this week. And so I'm hopeful that we're going to do some stuff uh, soon. So that's our plan. We're at least going to drive and go see some stuff, uh, even if we can't do big, you know, crowds and all that stuff. So anyway, Doug, uh, we we went too long tonight. I'm sorry about that. I feel like we do that a little bit too much, but that's okay. Yeah. We have we have we have fun here. It's a wonder that anyone listens to this thing, but can I tell you something? Thank you all so much for listening to the Red Lake Nation Radio podcast. Uh subscribe to us if you haven't already. And I know some of you haven't. You're trying to trick me, but I know some of you you know you listen through the through the uh, and I can tell through our stats. You listen through uh, redlegnation.com, which is fine. Go to redlegnation and listen to us. But all and and listen to us every week there. That's fine. But shoot us a follow on your phone. Go to your podcast app and and subscribe to us. It's free, and uh, we always have fun. If you want to subscribe and get uh, you know uh, even more content, we're at Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio. But uh, but the podcast is here every week for free as well. Doug, final thoughts? Go Reds. Go Reds. Thank you for joining me again, Doug. This is uh, you know it's it's fun to have the the team back in some ways, and I'm and I'm enjoying it, and I'm we're gonna. We're going to choose to be optimistic going forward until the Reds start 1-10. and 10. For Doug Gray and comic book superhero Billy Hamilton, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.